Welcome back to Rotation. It is officially sweater weather. We're both hooded up early October. Jake, how have you been? Been good. Uh, you know, we got big move, so uh, that that fucked up our episode a little bit today because Mason went to the wrong apartment. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, was, that was poorly explained, but basically... Mason went to my old apartment instead of my new one, and then we had to scramble a little bit. It was a, so a standard logistical issue, um, but it, far far too standard with Mason leaves. I would say. <laughs> well, there was also a communication breakdown on the other end. As long as we're pointing fingers here, a um, little, little bit my fault. Um, <laughs> but yeah, been been dealing with that. Not dealing with that. Been doing that, but it's been good. How about yourself? I've been good. I've been good. It's good that I have another Brooklyn boyfriend. Uh, do you feel different? Do you do you feel like a fully ingratiated man of Brooklyn? I'm I'm, I'm getting there. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to dip my toes in the community. I think I'm going to do like a running club this weekend, okay. maybe. All right. Type deal. Is there any um, element that feels like you like moved out to the suburbs? Not really, honestly. Like my my block is more quiet like at night but if i just walk a minute and just go onto the avenue it's yeah. pretty it's pretty busy and um you, okay go ahead i specifically didn't want to be where it was like very very quiet um right. which you don't really know what those areas are until you just go look so right. sort of block um yeah 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 so yeah it's been good well good um you know with this time of season the national football league is in it's dead heat, full swing. Um, I I think I know the answer to this question, regardless of your allegiances. Though I do know what you root for, you can't be enjoying the season very much. What was the question? That was you, you. You can't be enjoying the season very much. Oh, I mean, no, it's been tough. Fantasy teams have been ravaged by injury. The Giants have been um, not playing well, and it's maybe telling that I named fantasy first because i'm an egomaniac when it comes to fantasy and i just want to beat all my friends but um yeah no i mean the giants it's just not it, it makes you think that last year was sort of a mirage or a fluke or you know maybe we were in the words of stephen a smith led astray <laughs> um so well, it is it is a little bit disconcerting disorienting to see a, a team that was at the very least competitive last year look like literally the worst team in the league this year i mean you're talking teams like well the argument could be made that they are right and i mean offensively they, they probably should be owned five they yeah. probably should be owned five and you think about teams like the cardinals who were expected to be horrific you know they should have beat us and then they beat the cowboys and you know there's there's a lot of teams with you know talent advantages in certain areas or coaching advantages, even mm. when the rosters are not great. Mm. Um, yeah. It just doesn't seem like we really yeah. Are, yeah, are as competent as we should be right now. What do you make of the sort of quarterback coach? Um, what seems to be a deteriorating relationship with the giants? I think someone said it, it, it might've been someone at ESPN and I'm, I'm not giving proper credit here, but I heard someone say the other day, basically like, you got to understand that a coach like they really have one chance maybe as a head coach if if you know if Dable fucks this up he he may never get hired again as a head coach you know obviously a a guy who lasts 10 plus years or does really well or gets the super bowl is is going to have a different market potentially but a lot of coaches are one and done if they screw up 
So, you know, he obviously wants to have a good relationship with Daniel Jones and he hasn't been great so far, but the other hand, like he, he can't be throwing like uncontested interceptions um, late in games. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think there's a massive competition for in terms of his backup. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is actually one of the bigger backups in the league is one of the better backups in the league, but I don't think you're going to be benching Daniel Jones after giving him 40 mil a year in the off season. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, yeah. you'd hope that what decisions you made in the off season don't necessarily like that, that you're going to be flexible. Uh, and, and give yourself a yeah. But like, we're not talking about like a draft pick that was drafted high that like, isn't performing. Like we're talking about yeah. a franchise player. Like, yeah. not he's not going to get benched unless he's literally horrific which he hasn't been good so far but the line isn't helping him either right i think that's the obvious um third party i mean, play I, mean I think i think your rams are probably a team that have looked more competent than i would have i would have expected yeah good bad team a good bad team the los angeles Rams. right we're a bad bad team like yeah. i want us like I'd be fine with the Giants losing like 45, 40 shootouts and right. just showing me something on offense. Right. But it's more like the other team gets yeah. 40 and we get like 20. Yeah. Yeah. Every yeah. game has been a blowout. So right. it's um, what it is. I just, I just hope to I mean, uh, be the last one standing in fantasy when it's all said and done, but we'll yeah. see if that happens. Just getting out of Giants land for a minute. I'm, I'm sort of workshopping a larger theory that the NFL is having a down talent year. And I don't okay. know that it's made it less enjoyable, but there aren't really stars this year. I mean, there are stars, but the best player in the game, Patrick Mahomes, isn't having as fantastic a year he's had in the past. Um, the young quarterbacks that are, you know, for the last three years have headlined the NFL from Joe Burrows having a down year, obviously. Even Josh Allen isn't what he's been in years past. There's Tyreek Hill and there's Christian McCaffrey, and that's sort of it. Um, I mean, there are players that have stand out and that are overperforming without a doubt, but I just like, you know, you're not feeling electrified by a lot of people is what you're saying. Right. I think the league as a whole is sort of falling flat this year. And I, and, and I don't even mean this like, like the NFL is fun. It's just, it's a fun season. It's the Sundays are fun to sit down and watch. And so it hasn't really even like altered my fanship experience. Sure. Um, but I do think it's a worse, like a discernibly worse product this year than it's been in, for the last three years. I don't know if I agree with all of that, but I do think that there's been a shift in sort of when you talk about a Tyreek Hill or these other burners um, who are who are kind of looking to get beyond the defense. Obviously, Tyreek Hill still still been able to do that with the way that Miami has been playing and the, and the scheme that they have set up. But I do think there's I do think there's a lot of dink and dunk now and teams would rather lose by like death by a million cuts and by seven yard completion than have, you know, Justin Jefferson or uh, you know, yeah. Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase is a good example where like he was burning people his rookie year, second year, and like Well if you I ask him like, he still is. Right. <laughs> I mean he's he had a great game this weekend, but I do feel like and maybe some of it is the Bengals offense too, but I I mean I do feel like he's a good example of a guy that has sort of been put into more of a almost like possession role. And that's not because like his abilities have changed at all, but it's just like the way that some of these defense set up are just like, yeah, we'd rather you catch like 12 balls for like 95 yards than like yeah. six balls for 150 yards and just mm -hmm. like beat us over the top. So yeah, I think I that's one thing that's happened where 
you know, uh, you see some, there's so many good receivers now. I feel like there's almost never been a, a more like stacked, right. you know, like a guy like Keenan Allen is one of the best receivers in the league and, and doesn't even get in that discussion a lot of the time. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like there's certainly been an overcorrectedness of, of, yeah. of defending against those guys. Yeah. Definitely. I, I think that's not a bad, I think that's not a bad take and probably speaks to what I'm saying is just sort of watching a changed product. Yeah. For um, sure. Moving into the music world. Speaking of products. Woof. Woof. For all of them. Every single one. Every single one. Every breed, every creed. All <laughs> dogs. <laughs> what, what breed of dog do you think you'd be? Oh God. I'm a lab. I'm a black a lab door. Okay. That's yeah. a good, that's a good look loyal dog. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I'm, I'm well rooted. Um, what do you think? About my dog breed or about no, the album? About the album. Um, <laughs> well, well, we don't need to discuss it. Keep yeah. <laughs> I, I've said to like one or two friends that, I mean, I, I think this applies to a lot of albums, but I guess the microscope certainly becomes bigger when it's a Drake album. Um, I think it really could be like a, a great like 12 to 14 song album. Unfortunately, it's like a 22 song album, which is just like, I, I don't know how many people are capable of putting out 22 good songs anymore, but there's not, yeah. there's not a lot of them, if any. Yeah. Um, so I think there's some good songs in it. I think the hate has been a little bit um, unwarranted. I've seen some oh, bad. I don't, I don't even think the hate, I don't think the hate has been that. Well, Apparently it got like the lowest score of any Drake album on Metacritic ever. So like from a critical lens, um, but that's the thing. It's like a critical lens. You're, you're, you know, you're thinking about, I've heard people say like, you know, he doesn't, he's not very introspective. He doesn't talk about what's going on in his life. Yeah. Um, which fair. And like, if like maybe half of the songs are bad, like if I've saved like 11, 12 songs, like that's probably too many. Um, I'm just choosing to like listen to what which ones I like. And I actually do think maybe more than any Drake album since like views, this one has like higher highs, mm-hmm. like h- higher, like high moments, at least, even if it's a t- three, four songs um, yeah. than other ones. With that, we've got a great interview for all of you today. Uh, Jake, do you want to give a little bit of an intro? Yeah. So we've got women's basketball player at the, the University of Richmond, Anna Camden. Anna was a player at Penn State before. She's transferred now as a grad transfer. You may have seen her on TikTok or Instagram. She's got quite a big following on both of those and has really sort of leveraged those lanes into uh, NIL deals and, and has really taken advantage of that in that space. So yeah, we, we, got, we touched on that a little bit, um, sort of her new surroundings on, uh, in Richmond. And yeah, it should be a really good interview. Without further ado, Anna Camden. Richmond women's basketball player, Anna Camden. How you doing, Anna? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so how's the, uh, how's the preseason going so far? It's going well. I'm excited to see my team out there in November. Um, I, if you guys didn't know, tore my ACL in June, so I won't be playing this season. But mm. I am going to clap extra loud on the bench and uh, be a part of the team nonetheless. That's a really well, that, that almost... No, go Mason. I say that's a that's a resilient attitude that sets you up in a in a interesting kind of perspective to take on the season. Yeah, that almost, I think you got it. <laughs> I would say that almost sets sets you up more for this for this podcast. If you're not playing, you've got maybe 
You've got aux can responsibilities in the bench. Maybe you're the you're the resident DJ in the locker room. Um, like mm-hmm. what's yeah, what's what's what are the locker room vibes so far? <laughs> um, locker room vibes are good. We have a team with a very diverse music taste. Our aux, like if you were trying to predict our aux every day, it's something different every day. We could be listening. We have a couple of Swifties on the team. I myself am one of them. So Taylor Swift would be a good bet, but we will also play some Noah Khan. Then you have random little baby days. Like it literally just completely switches around. And we play a full, a full diverse set of music, which I personally love. Consistent, consistent listeners of the pod will know that that uh your Noah Khan reference just lit up my heart a little bit there. <laughs> oh, let's go. I actually saw them in concert in Richmond in the summer. Oh wow. my god. Wait, okay. Now this is weird. <laughs> I even know this. Was Richmond the one that was like canceled originally and then he rescheduled it, or am I thinking of a different concert? I, might I don't be... I don't think that was us. Okay, I might be thinking of a different one. Um okay. <laughs> Wow. He's uh I I have not seen him live. Um Mason's gonna need five minutes to recover from that. So I'll uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. get um, so obviously Yeah, <laughs> so obviously you're battling an injury right now, but you know, when, when you are more healthy, I guess, what is the sort of pregame music routine? When are the headphones going in? What is going in them in terms of music choice? Walk us through it. Yeah. So my answer definitely surprises most people, but worship music is my pregame go-to. So especially like if it's post suit shoot around, we have like two or three hours till the game. I'll probably take a short nap and I'll have like calming worship music on. Um, as we get closer to the game, I'll probably amp it up to some more energetic, like inspiring worship music. Um, and then obviously once I'm out on the court, it's the aux that the team has picked for the season. So, you know, we have mixtures. I know at Penn State we had, a, I mean, we had a full arsenal of music. We had Pitbull, we had rap, hip hop, throwbacks, like whatever was just getting the juices flowing. But me personally, yeah. I do really like to listen to worship to calm down all of my excitement and jitters and just mm-hmm. kind of get my headspace in the right place. For sure. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that's the first time we've had that answer on on the podcast, but I, the, the logic makes sense. I think <laughs> I think Jordan said something similar. We had a Jordan McLaughlin uh, who used to play at USC, who now is with the Timberwolves. I think he kind of said something similar, Mason, in that like mm-hmm. he doesn't like to get too too high either, and sort of like likes to chill out a little bit and not com- completely go off the walls. Whereas uh lauren carlini we had from wisconsin basketball she was like listening to chief keef so everyone's everyone's different Everyone finds it different um yeah sort of speaking on on different kind of unique atmospheres you've spent some time at penn state obviously you were in the big 10 what is the best college sports atmosphere that you encounter that you have encountered so far in your career oh come on you already know my answer is going to be about accident <laughs> The whiteout game at Penn State every year. It never misses. It's incredible. I mean, you want to talk about music selection. Like, that place is just every song they play, you have 110,000 fans screaming the words in sync, throwing their pom poms to the exact beat. Everyone's in sync. Like, it is an incredible experience. Wow. And, um, yeah, go go on, Mason. No, no, you go ahead. And just in terms of, um, you know, your sort of, off the court life, um, you know, we, we know you're, you know, you, you have a big following in TikTok and, and that's sort of been a, been an outlet for you off the court, just, uh, in terms of, you know, decompressing or, or sort of doing things off the court. I mean, what kind of a, a resource is, is having a TikTok and being able to sort of make those videos and kind of have your own 
brand or personality off the court? Yeah, I would say my social media is definitely a creative outlet for me. Uh, just getting to like think outside the box, plan out this video or that video is very therapeutic. But honestly, the bigger thing would just be the way that I can connect and impact the people that follow me or consume my content. So even with my ACL right now, I have like a whole new type of following that is just following my ACL journey. People who are also yeah. going it through themselves or who who went who went through it before. And they're supporting me or encouraging me or learning from me. And that is 100% an outlet that is helping me get through all the things that come with injury. For yeah, sure. Definitely. Is there, I guess we, we sort of touched on this in the beginning, but sort of sticking with the music theme, has your taste, has your taste or your curated playlist maybe change in um, say the process of injury recovery versus when you're in active training, getting ready for a season? Yeah, um, I guess you could look at it that way. I think I've definitely, since leaving Penn State, I listen to a lot less rap and hip-hop. Mm. Um, I don't know. I guess that could be part of my injury, but I just prefer to listen to, like, my top three genres would be country. Like, I've always been a country fan, but country, Taylor Swift, which, yes, it is a genre because there is enough music in there to be considered a genre. <laughs> and then uh, worship. So typically what I'm listening to is going to follow and fall into one of those three. But I don't know. I really, um, I think I would just say a lot less hip hop and rap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and being in Richmond so far, like who, who's who got the best taste? Who's who's the locker room DJ? Give give a shout out. Or maybe it's you. We've had a couple people. Be like, <laughs> yeah, it's me. Like, yeah, who's who's in control? I would not say me. I typically am not on aux unless I'm the only one in the locker room. I think Corin <laughs> Rogers. Corin Rogers has a great taste, in my opinion. She will listen to the same Noah Khan, Taylor Swift, like that, like type of music. Um, I think Maggie Dugan, who's one of our sophomores, like uh, has great country music. Um, so it really just depends. Like everyone has their own vibes. And I really, honestly, there's no one that I dislike when they're on the Ox. So I feel like that's a good sign. That is a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you and Mason also have, I did a little bit of uh TikTok sleuthing. I think you and Mason both have, uh, being massive Zach Bryan fans in common as well. Oh, you know what, Jake, I saw yes. your incredible <laughs> research. You did pin that here. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Probably, you know, and personally, like, and I'm, I think a lot of people that are Zach Bryan fans will say this. I'm not really a country music fan, but I don't even consider him country. Like, I love Zach Bryan. Just an incredible writer. Yeah. Um, He's so, so good. I love his music. Yeah. Although I will say, like, I don't know that I've ever worked out to a Zach Bryan playlist, but, but so I don't know. <laughs> Translates, but man, give it a try. Anna's like, Anna's like, it, it can be done. It can yeah. be done. No, I'm thinking, I'm like, have I worked out to I'm trying to like remember. I mean, I've definitely worked out to country music and he's probably come on once or twice during that. Yeah, I definitely. think a good summer like lift, mm -hmm. like windows open, country Ooh, okay. player, and like no, that's great right. vibes. Come there's on. Def there's definitely a vibe for it. Um, there's, there's a time and place. Absolutely. Not all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, jumping back to your content creation, we want to stick on like a pop culture trend here. You've been making Taylor and Travis TikToks. What do we think? Of <laughs> is it a legitimate relationship? <laughs> is it a showmance? <laughs> okay. I got destroyed 
because I made a video thinking that it was all like that. I didn't think that they were together. I, and this is before she was at his game. I said, I, I was like, Travis is talking too much. He's like really <laughs> enjoying the media. I was like, I'm not here for this. And then literally wow. like, two days after she was at his game. So I have been getting ripped for about oh, no. two weeks now um, by Swifties, anti Swifties, you name it. I'm getting <laughs> everyone. So, like everyone I'm is enemy. tearing me apart. So I'm honestly scared to even say my opinion. At this <laughs> no, point. let's but, hear it. Open up. Um, <laughs> I I think that it is a relationship. I think that the two of them don't need a PR relationship. They're already both completely at the top of their individual crafts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's adorable. I'm excited about it. <laughs> while while I doubted that it was happening, I was never against it. Okay. So I'm I listen football slash sports. Taylor Swift. Those are two huge parts of my life now combined. How could I complain? There you go. I mean, they. I saw an interview that TMZ did with Mark Cuban, and they were like asking him, "Do you think it's legit?" And like you just said, Anna, he was like, "There's no one that needs like a PR like relationship less than Taylor Swift. Like she has a machine. Like I, I will already I will push back. I will push back a little bit on that. Not that either of them need a PR relationship, but this is an argument I've heard that like." They're She's got both, the movie coming out. Well, they're both massive in their own rights, right? And there's really like one untapped market that each of them have hasn't really like literally only one untapped market that each of them hasn't like reached out into. The NFL being Swifties and Taylor Swift being sports fans, and so right. strategically it makes a little too much sense. But uh, so so what Mason is saying is Roger Goodell is behind it, exactly. <laughs> This, yeah. is, uh, this is this comes from the I top. mean I definitely see that I definitely could see why people would think that I think she's also been like the way that she's so animated at the games is like oh like she's she is ready to be on camera but I am a like what's the word um a romanticist no what the heck is it what what do you like romantic a, romantic yeah uh, thank hopeless you romantic. A hopeless romantic yeah. thank you a hopeless romantic so I'm gonna believe that it's real from the bubble of go. my happiness perfect world yeah <laughs> We, we want to ask a little bit about your sort of NIL side a little bit too, before we get you out of here. Um, you've got to deal with Urban Outfitters, if I'm correct. Um, just obviously there's been a, an, an immense amount of change in that sort of space the last even two, three years. What is that like having that sort of, uh, you know, just resource and just having that sort of, you know, just brand, I guess, and just, yeah, as, as a college athlete, what has that been like for you? And to add on to that, how have you seen NIL grow in your time in college? Yeah. Yeah. So to tackle the first part, I mean, NIL has been incredible. Not only have I learned so much, but I feel like it has changed my perspective on a lot of things. So I'm thankful to get an education of business savvy, like to be able to like negotiate, read contracts, do my taxes, like all of these things that I would have had no no idea, like send an invoice. I didn't even know what an invoice was before NIL passed. Now that's embarrassing, but it's true. And it's it's a lot of things that athletes just don't really have to learn or worry about. And then we get thrust into the real world and it's like, oh crap, now I have to know all this. Well, it's really good to educate yourself. And then on top of that, just again, the impact in the platform that I've been able to have and reach other people is honestly the best part about it. I know that probably sounds like a cliche answer, but I really, really mean it. Um, And the ways that I've seen it change, I think that you see, I think that it's like just going to continue to grow and get bigger and bigger. I mean, you literally just saw, I think the Utah team, every single member got a freaking truck. Like that is insane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think um, that kind of stuff is going to become more frequent because I think that the power of college athletics and what, 
each team and its star player can represent for a brand is so powerful. And I think you're going to see people take advantage of that. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, you mentioned to me when we were waiting uh, for Mason before that you've you're <laughs> maybe returning your own podcast. If you if you want to plug that a little bit before we get you out of here. Yeah, yeah. So course I with Camden, I started uh, back in my sophomore or junior year of college. I basically just talk about the roller coaster of life. Um, I look at athletes, coaches, anyone in sports, and then we talk about more than just what their life is uh, outside of sports. We get to thank you so much. There's a flashlight on sports, and it's so much bigger than that. Um, so it's, it's been a little dormant for a while because I've been dealing with an ACL surgery and a whole lot yeah. of things like the transfer portal and just so many things in my life. Um, it will be brought back when I have my head back above water, but yeah. for now it's, it's sleeping. But of course I was Camden. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, all that stuff. Listen, as soon as you back up and running, you let us know. We're, we're, all, we're always happy to plug, uh, plug, plug guest content. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I appreciate that. <laughs> no worries. All right. Well, uh, Anna, thank you so much for your time. Uh, best of luck.